Noel Thy Enemy back. 5-0. and oh, They're 5-0. and oh. Dane and I are 5-0. and oh. Predictions firing on all cylinders. Thank you once again for everybody joining us. The Opponent Preview Podcast, hosted by Knowles247.com and the only one featuring a man of marginal talent like myself being carried by he of the big brain. The man who knows every team Florida State plays just as well as the coaching staff. A handsome, strapping young lad, Dane Draper. Dane, how are you doing? Thank you, Trey. I'm doing I'm doing very well, and I, I appreciate the intro. You always got me, me blushing so much. I feel like it, I don't know, you set me up. You, you, you prop me up on this pedestal. I think it's a... It's a nice way to start. I really appreciate it. And you can really tell here, I'll drag you back down because people make fun of your skin tone. So when it is flush with blood, you can really tell. So guys, <laughs> he is not lying. I, he's, man, he almost spit his sweet tea on the TV talking about that. Dane, I'm not kidding, man, because you are the best. And I love to do this show with you. Like you said, we're 5-0. and Coming to the halfway point of the season, let's see if we can keep our hot prediction streak going. And they are playing the Florida State Seminoles, the Syracuse Orange at noon. So I'll give you just kind of the facts about Syracuse. They started off hot, feasted on an extremely weak uh, out-of-conference schedule. They're 4-2, wins against Colgate, Western Michigan. Beat Purdue by 15, 35-20, and beat Army 29-16. So the cracks were kind of starting to show there. And in the last two weeks have not been kind for the Orange. Lost to Clemson 31-14 to and got absolutely flattened by old Mac Brown and the Tar Heels, 40-7. to seven. As far as kind of where they stack in the advanced stats, just to kind of give you a, a picture of where this team is just directionally located by the quality of play, and a lot of these numbers I still think have some noise from last year, where Syracuse had a pretty good year. Uh, but right now, uh, S&P Plus thinks of Syracuse as the 38th best team overall. The defense is the 34th best in the country. Offense is the 54th. So they right now the uh, S&P Plus thinks that the defense is playing better than the offense. Just for comparison's sake, to get you guys all ruffled up, not saying I agree with these numbers either, just for comparison's sake, they got Florida State as the 15th best team overall in the country with the 15th best offense and the 21st best defense. Like I said, I don't know if I 100% agree with the numbers. Just gives you kind of directionally the quality of opponent that Florida State's playing. I would say not great. But much better than the team they faced last week. Dane, do you agree? And where do you think maybe Syracuse either is or isn't better than the Vautech team Florida State played last week? Yeah, I mean, I think they're definitely a better team. Um, kind of, I mean, built somewhat similarly on offense, honestly, even though I think they're just generally more talented. I mean, they have Syracuse's quarterback, Garrett Traders, probably better than anyone Virginia Tech has on that team. And um, and then Syracuse is really well coached on defense, and they've, I mean, they've been a pretty like legitimately solid unit. Like you said, I mean, better defensive team this year than offensive, um, and that's you know not something VT could could really say, I guess. I mean, at least not their their run defense. I remember is was pretty dreadful, and then FSU really took advantage of that, and that's kind of a strength of Syracuse is their run defense. Yeah, I think I, I think those numbers bared out. So let's flip it. Normally start with the offense. I want to start with the defense. They run a unique scheme. Uh, can you explain the scheme a little bit? And where do you think? I think you kind of touched on the strength may be in that in that run game department. Can you tell me why? Is it a function of the players or is it a function of the coaching? Well, they they run a, a three three five. It's, I mean, it's it's not like totally unique to them, but I mean, it's kind of become like a staple in their program. I feel like for a little while now, and um. 
I mean, I think it, it, it naturally kind of favors in the run game. I think when you have good experience linebacker play, like they have their, their, it's probably their best unit is their linebackers and their most deep unit too. We led by a guy like Marlo wax. Um, I think they're really disciplined when it comes to run fits and, I mean, it's Syracuse. They're not like a football program. They're pretty undersized generally, <laughs> but like they do a really good job of, I guess, of getting penetration and um, maximizing the actual dudes they can con to yeah. come up to upstate New York, right? <laughs> I guess, I guess so. Yeah, um, but yeah, they do a good job. I mean, they're definitely. I don't think they're much better in run defense than they are in pass defense so far. They've been generally good. Like it's. It's a really hyper-aggressive defense in general. They blitz almost 50% of plays. They're third nationally in blitz rate. I think the exact number is like 48.7%. Um, Jeez. So, yeah, super like hyper-aggressive. They run a ton of man coverage. They're like similarly ranked nationally when it comes to uh, man coverage, you know, percentage and uh, cover zero, cover one, um, that sort of stuff. So, like... They trust their DBs and they they bring the heat. They try to get pressure on you fast, and it's they, they've done a pretty good job up to this point in the year, except when they played really good teams, um, like it, FSU. It'll be interesting because teams have played a lot of man coverage, and this was something that Adam, Kevin, Brendan, and I were talking about. Teams this year have played a lot of man coverage against Florida State, which is very interesting. You wouldn't think that with the talent of the wide receivers that they have outside, but they're almost kind of baiting. Um, Jordan Travis and the offense to take deep shots, which in, with playing some trail techniques, some things like that. It'll be interesting to see if Florida State can take advantage of that man coverage, but maybe in a different way, maybe work the intermediate passing game. Maybe if Kevin's listening, I know he's going to, he's going to pull his car off in a ditch when I say this, maybe run a little mesh, right? Have some picks over the middle, some intermediate crossing routes. This would be a great game. And we, we kind of predicted it last week and I would, I'll give us half credit because I think we were right. I thought it was going to be a big Jaheim Bell game. I didn't realize he was as dinged up as he was. And the tight ends were involved. I thought that was Kyle Morlock's biggest involvement game. And I thought he looked really good against Virginia Tech. I think you can have that again this week. Maybe this is the one where the the slot guys, like we can can just kill that narrative after a while, right? Because there should be some middle of the field open stuff with a bunch of man beating crossing routes where I think that, we haven't seen a lot of it from the Mike Norvell offense. We like to take the top off and run the ball, but this would be a nice little tendency breaker. So keep your eyes open for that if they will want to do it. Let's start on the defensive line. They run the three-three-five. How is the unit? Are they undersized? Who are some dudes that Florida State fans need to watch out for? Uh, they're definitely undersized, but I mean that's they kind of always are. I feel like every year it's it's part of the mm-hmm. discussion. Um, they have they have some familiar names. There's one that I particularly remember from last year, Kevin Darton. Um, hmm. I, I think he is who coined or you coined the, the fire hydrant term that we refer to throughout the year. He's the yeah. 5'11", 270-pound nose tackle. That oh, yeah. You. Oh, he's yeah. a little nugget. Yeah, absolutely. I think he is a fire hydrant. Just a short, stout little guy who loves berries and cream. Fantastic. Okay. How does he play? Does he? Yeah, I, I, I remember the nickname more from last year than the actual level of play. 
does he have a better nickname than the actual game on the field, or is he a pretty stout guy? Oh, I, I mean, I bet he does have a pretty good nickname. I didn't, I didn't look into that. I wish I did. Uh, I'm sure there's some quality ones out there, but um, I mean. It, well, he does. He does have three sacks in the year, which I think is interesting. He's For a big ha- man. Can you imagine? Yeah. A- okay, guys. Now listen. We want to get through this game unscathed. Do not let the fire hydrant just steamroll over Jordan. No interior pressure, guys. We don't need that kind of mass crushing our crushing our Heisman hopeful, right, Dane? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But um, I mean, you have some other guys. They, I think, generally, like if you're looking at like their PFF grades and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of guys who are ranked just like generally high and they have a, they, I feel like they have a good rotation on the defensive line too. There's a lot of guys with a pretty high, a pretty high snap count, but, um, I mean, I don't know, uh, uh Caleb Echukwu is a, is a guy who's, who's, you know, pretty impactful for them. Terry Lockett's another starter. Um, that's like rounds out their starting three man front, um, and then it's kind of hard to talk about their their defensive front without talking about some of their linebackers because their linebacking group kind of I mean that's incorporated so much in their pass rush like their their leading sack guy on the year he's three and a half sacks is a uh, uh, Leon Lowry that's a guy who's been really good for them and um, uh, David McDonald is another one another outside linebacker who's been pretty impactful in the pass rush but um, I mean it's an attacking group. It's generally an undersized group, but they do a good job of getting pressure. They are 45th nationally in sack rate, um, which probably isn't honestly that great when you consider that they blitz as much as they do. Right. um, You got to work with what you got. I think the thing is, too, that a lot of people need to remember, if you haven't seen a lot of 335, is that the odd kind of stacked formation, it could lead to a lot of exotic blitz combinations, a lot of confusion for the offensive line. You can bring guys from different angles. You can play games and kind of use that defensive line to hold up the tackles where some of those linebackers can knife through holes. It, it, there's got to be a lot of eye discipline, a lot of really good communication. I, I would say this year, this Florida State offensive line, as a pass blocking unit, I thought has excelled pretty well, particularly with Bless Harrison. I don't know what his status is for this game. This this will be something to where having Mo Smith kind of orchestrating the defense, calling out the blitzes. They're going to be coming from all angles, and they're going to be coming a lot. So <laughs> Jesus, um, so <laughs> this would be a this would be a good game to behoove Jordan Travis to get the ball out quick and just have a lot of great communication on the offensive line. I can't wait to see the starting five is there. So we talked about the edge and the linebackers. What about the guys in the middle? Where are they going to be coming from? So Marlo Wax. Um, Marlo Wax. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, okay. So Marlo Wax. I think he's um he's up there with with kind of the most impactful guys on this defense. He's he's a captain for them. A really solid player. Um, I mean, I've mentioned it a few times now, but the linebacking group is probably their best best group on defense, and it's really led by him. Are they a veteran group? Are they an athletic group? What makes them Syracuse's most exceptional unit? Uh, probably their depth, if anything. I mean, mm. I think they have kind of a lot of guys. Uh, it's been explained to me that they have kind of a, a good a good group of guys that can contribute. I think generally Syracuse as a team has been hindered a lot by injuries so far this year, which is another reason why they've – I mean, aside from their last two games being Clemson, North Carolina. Right. Um, a big reason why they have kind of dropped off 
in performance has been some injuries and just general thinning across the roster. Like they aren't as deep as they started the year with. Um, I mean, Dino Babers earlier in the week at a press conference where he kind of, I mean, I think a few coaches did across the country, like uh, Mark Stoops did at Kentucky too. Um, he said a lot of fun stuff, all Stoopsy. Yeah, everybody's yeah. kind of setting it up. And just remember from last year, Florida State game six that that they were in the direct middle of that three game losing skid. This is some tough times, and the fact that Florida State did the work and did more than they were supposed to do by going four and zero in September, they're they're coming out of that relatively healthy, or at least the depth that they procured from the transfer portal and the guys that they've developed. Florida State's looking really good compared to a lot of teams around the country health wise. So remember that. So I'm sure Dino's kind of set and they are, I, I know they're injured. They're missing. When we get the offense. That's where I think that we're really going to have that conversation, but did Florida state, once again, man, that just as a reminder to everybody, it didn't look pretty every time they did it, but man, they accomplished the mission and they're in pretty doggone good shape, especially with them being able to kind of put some guys on a snap count against Virginia tech last week. That was good. Uh, the defensive back group, Florida State can a feast this week, even with or without Johnny Wilson. We're not sure of the status. How, how do you think Florida State's wide receivers are going to do this week? Yeah, I mean, we know they play a lot of man coverage, so they trust those guys for sure. And I think they have some pretty talented guys too. Um, they have a position called a rover, which is like, I mean, if you look at like a depth chart, it's like a third safety, but it's, it's mm-hmm. a, some bigger guys there. Justin Barron's their starter there, and I think he's a pretty good player. Um it's a guy with with some decent upside. He's listed 6'4", 230 uh, as a Oof. DB. Interesting. And, yeah, he's graded pretty well. Um, he's tied the team high in tackles with Marlo Wax. But, yeah, he's a big, talented guy. I think their best, like, true safety is a guy named Elijah Clark. He's another high-level guy with a, his PFF grades, like, just shy of 80. It's 79.7. Um and then on the outside, I think they have two pretty talented uh, corners. Um, I mean, generally, like, I feel like it's hard to talk about the secondary and not bring up how much talent they lost off of last year's team. Yeah, Deuce Chestnut, their best corner, went to LSU. <laughs> no, no no longer there. Maybe, you know, maybe he's getting on a plane back to Syracuse and he's coming back. But, yeah, that's interesting that the performance has been so good. But, yeah, t- talk about the losses and how they've been able to kind of cope with that. Yeah, yeah. So Deuce Chestnut was definitely one of them. Um, Garrett Williams was maybe the best corner in the entire ACC last year, and then he ended up tearing his ACL, and he didn't even play against FSU, unfortunately. But he's in the NFL now. Um, Jihad Carter transferred out uh, mm. this past offseason to Ohio State. FSU was kind of in that, and it's like one of the only like misses they had the entire transfer portal cycle. Um, but yeah, I mean they've lost they've lost guys, and then on the defensive line too. Um, I forget his name, but it was a guy that went to Texas Tech, and Texas Tech loved him in the offseason, thought he was like a super high, uh, super high ceiling pass rushing guy, and that was right after they lost uh, Tyree Wilson, who was you know like a top ten pick in the draft or something. It's like mm-hmm. they have lost a lot of talent on defense, and mainly in that secondary. But yeah, they've replaced it well with um, really mostly returners that have kind of just stepped up. And uh, two of those guys, Isaiah Johnson and Jeremiah Wilson, the two outside corners, um, have both been good, um, honestly. I mean, Isaiah Johnson is a 6'3 corner. Jeremiah Wilson's a 5'10 corner, so, like, built very differently. Yeah. I feel like Jeremiah Wilson naturally is kind of the guy you look to take advantage of 
okay for FSU, especially as a, a bigger wide receiving group. Um, but Jeremiah Wilson, he's he's a second year guy. He's he's pretty talented, and uh, both of them have played pretty well. It'll be interesting this week. Nobody's been a, nobody's going to be able that that has the the firepower to test Sarah, the Syracuse defense vertically like Florida State's going to be able to. And I'm not just talking about like Keon Colvin on the outside. Hopefully Johnny Wilson if he's ready to go. But I'm talking about with the addition of like Jakai Douglas, the emergence of kind of like Destin Hill. This could be a big oh god, don't freak out guys. It could be a big slot fade game, right? If we're not going to do the crossing routes, I really could see the matchups, maybe some confusion on that 3-3-5, getting one of those slot guys matched up against like a linebacker or something like that. Norvell is a he's great at like scheming those matchups formationally. It will be interesting to see Dane before we'll, I think we'll talk about how we think the game's going to go at the very end, but just kind of quickly, how would you attack this Syracuse, this Syracuse defense if you were Mike Norvell and Alex Atkins? Would you would you try to test them vertically? Would you try to like do some like crossing routes across the middle, take advantage of that man coverage? Would you try to run against them? What, what do you think? I mean, they've been pretty good against the run, but they're also like a small group in general. And I think last year you you did a pretty good job. I mean, you were a pretty good running team last year, but like if you can run the ball on this team, you're gonna be totally fine. You're probably gonna blow out Syracuse. Mm-hmm. If you can't, I mean, that's probably kind of alarming, to be honest, because you probably just should be able to if you're FSU and you're trying to win the ACC and whatnot. But um, but I, I think given how aggressive they are on defense, how much they blitz, how much pressure they bring so often, I think like a lot of quick game is probably the way to go. Like you're saying with these short crosses, you know, mesh, that sort of stuff, um, maybe more heavy on the screens, heavy on the just quick RPO quick stuff. Yeah, sure, they had, yeah. They had a couple nice RPOs against, against Virginia tech where they kind of hit Johnny Wilson with an in breaking route, anything like that, do that and get the tight ends involved in the RPO game. Something to where you can just get it over that attacking aggressive second level, get it in the hands of a Jaheim bell, eight yards down the field and say, Hey dude, turn into the great running back that you are and start plowing people over. I'm yeah. with you. I actually like Jordan Travis when his internal clock is sped up because I feel like his instincts, he's such, he's, which is why I like it when they play at tempo. So I hopefully, I'd like to see them dial up the tempo a little bit, test the depth of that Syracuse team, lean on them a little bit, like you did with Virginia Tech at the beginning of the game, make the game faster for Jordan because I think he's all the better for it. I would like to see that. And I think that, um, getting his legs involved is only going to behoove them. Now we spent a lot of time talking about Syracuse's defense because the offense, I think it really begins and ends with Garrett Schrader. That's a name that Florida state fans are very well familiar of. He of the 9 million yard bootleg runs. I think a former Mississippi state transfer six years ago when he came into Syracuse, however long ago that was, I don't remember Dane talk about Schrader. What kind of, what kind of health is he in? Because they run the crap out of him. And how's he looked this year? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he's, I think he's okay, or he's okay enough for them to run him a lot. Because they're probably going to need to. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's been an area that has found like teams have found success against FSU and running quarterbacks. I think a lot of that's been scrambles, so not really designed runs. But yeah, they're going to need to run the ball well to have any sort of chance of beating FSU. Because I don't think, given their the matchup of their offensive line and its current state versus FSU's defensive line. And the fact that they aren't very talented anymore on the outside, again, due to injuries. Um, I think Schrader's going to need 
or their ground game is going to need to have a big game. And, and yeah, a ton of that starts with Schrader. But he's, I mean, he's a really good player. You're talking about that. He's definitely a very capable passer. He's a veteran. I mean, kind of does a lot of the things I feel like uh, Jordan Travis does well as far as kind of improvising. I mean, using his legs to throw and run, really. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe like a bigger version of like 2021 Jordan, something like that. He's got a nice big arm. I don't think he has great – and a lot of it too. A lot of it you're hamstrung by the the guys that you're surrounded with at the skill position level. Um, I don't think he has command of the passing game quite like Jordan does at all. But man, when he gets downhill, like it's, he's a tough guy to bring down. He's, he's a better version of the dude that he's a much better version of the dude you faced last week, which I thought you guys, they Florida state did a really good job of containing him other than a, a large scramble aided by like a just ridiculous blindside block. But I thought they're, I thought they played pretty darn well against Kyron drones. A lot of those balls, those, those, Schrader will actually be able to test you vertically a little bit where the only thing you had to worry about drones was five yards and mostly behind the line of scrimmage with like the screen passing game. Uh, Garrett will be able to test you a little bit more than that. So it'll be a little bit more of a unique challenge. Uh, The offensive line. You mentioned them. Not good. Young. I mean, is this another who's going to be? It was Jared versus week last week. If you had to kind of predict, put on your prediction, your Nostradomus hat. Who would be the defensive lineman that's going to stand out the most this week? Could you could say verse again? That wouldn't be a terrible guess. <laughs> um, you know, I think I want to say like a Braden Fisk. I think mm, their guard play hasn't been that great. Um, they've had some injuries. I, I know they had a, a big injury at left guard. They had an injury at right tackle. Um, but generally, it's just not a very good unit. I mean, it's not a bad one. I don't think either, but but it's not very good. And I, and I bet a guy like Braden Fisk, who has a lot of uh, explosive ability and pass rushing chops, I kind of wonder if he can have a, a big game, get into the backfield, penetrating, doing a good job there. Um, but like, yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad group necessarily. It's, or it wasn't supposed to be, it wasn't in the beginning. It's not like Virginia tech who right. we knew FSU was just going to eat alive. Um, but injuries have hurt them. And um and I mean, Clemson and North Carolina really kind of did eat them up a good bit, honestly. So I kind of expect FSU to do the same thing. Had they not done that, I feel like this wouldn't be such a such a mismatch, maybe. But I feel like we kind of know what to expect, given how outmatched they were. You think this is the biggest mismatch, like of the game, as far as FSU's like strength versus Syracuse's weakness? Yeah, I think so. Probably. I feel like you could. Yeah, I do. Because FSU's, I mean, FSU's best group on defense is their defensive line. And Syracuse's worst group on offense is either their wide receivers or pass catching unit in general or their offensive line. And I feel like, yeah, that, that mass mismatch given FSU's D line and then Syracuse O line is pretty big. And the fact that they need them to be good, they need them to, uh, I mean, they need them to help them create in the run game. And that's, if they can't, they're just not going to score points. This sounds like it's going to be a slog for the old orange, man. It's going to be tough for them to score points, especially with the way that Florida State makes you string drives together. They're going to – I mean, it's a, lot of, a lot of teams have done it, though, but it seems like it's going to be a tough sledding for them. Let's talk about the skill guys. Anybody stand out from the running back or the receiver rooms? Obviously, 
Fins up, Ronde Gadsden Jr. Not in. That kid is a freak. He's not playing, right, Dane? No, he's not. He's out oh. for the year, I believe. Listen, bro, I'm big Ronde guy. Your dad was fantastic. But besides, I mean, he's out. Anybody else from the skill position guys that could maybe give FSU some fits or people that Adam Fuller has game plan for extensively this week? I, I think their best skill guys probably uh, LaQuint Allen. That's their running back. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's two guys that are, like, notably talented, I think. But LaQuint Allen is the guy that he's going to get the ball a lot in this game. He's the running back, and he's kind of like their workhorse running back. He's not Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker's a the guy. They... Oh, I miss his tweets. Yes. What is that? Uh, Pleased? Or... Oh, it was remember. just, he'd be like, Sean them. Tucker had a wonderful game today. 34. <laughs> It'd always be like 37 carries for 120 yards. I did pretty good. I could have scored a touchdown. I'll get him next time. Hashtag 34, please. Like, yes. It was he, amazing. He ran his own press reports, dude. I thought it was fantastic. What what, yeah. what a pleasant style of tweeting. Okay. So we don't have him, but we've got some no. other guy who's pretty good. No. Yeah. I mean, Sean Tucker's in the, in the NFL now, and he was one of the better running backs in college football, probably really explosive guy who could, do a lot of different things but this guy LaQuinn Allen um is kind of used similarly honestly he's used even more in the past game which I think Ooh. is interesting like he has 400 yards on the ground so far this year which is like it's very respectable I mean he's been productive for sure uh or like a run first team you know but he has 20 catches on the year too and they aren't like a pass catching group that has like one guy who has a ton of uh you know a ton of targets anything like that it's sure. really evenly dispersed between like three guys and but it's really like or three wide receivers but uh, all those target numbers are around like 20 to 25 and the Quinn Allen's he has 20 catches himself so like yeah they they use him a lot in a lot of a variety of different ways I mean they'll line him up out wide they'll line him up in the slot they'll throw to him out of the backfield he's he's a weapon that they that they they really just try to get him the ball honestly um but he was also I mean, again, in these last two games against Clemson, North Carolina, when they play, you know, a talented defense, North Carolina, you don't really think of defense usually, but they are pretty good up front. And that's what caused Hughes so many issues because North Carolina is talented on the defensive line. But like they held both of those teams held them under four yards per carry. Um, you had 52 yards on the ground against Clemson, 38 against North Carolina. Oof. Yeah, like he's a talented player. But again, I. I really think FSU has a good chance of just just kind of shutting this offense down. I think so too. It's a, it is kind of the mo for Cuse, right? Feast on the out of the out of conference competition, and then you're, you're kind of scraping for bowl eligibility in the back eight. It's very interesting. So is Syracuse more like who they were in the first four games, or? Is it the last two? Is that going to be the story? Obviously, they're a team kind of on the brink at four and two right now. And you're playing the number four team in the country at home. It should be a very good environment at Doak. I think it's another sellout. It's a noon game. They're going to have all the tricks. Florida State has the target on their back. Will this be another one where a team has a Herculean effort against FSU because they're at their, their backs up against the wall? We will see. I'm not worried about it. Um, at least I'm not. We'll see if you are, Dane. Wide receiver room, any receivers that we should – that is there might be a factor? Um. I mean, I mentioned three guys that they kind of evenly it, get the just ball all, to. All, all kind of interchangeable a little bit. Uh, somewhat, maybe, yeah. I, I think the most talented guy is Damian Alford. He's, he's kind of a known guy, too. Um, he's played against FSU a couple times now, I think. But he's a big six six guy, like uh, a, a big play threat for sure. Um, kind of a jump ball downfield, 
mm-hmm. downfield type of target. But like, I mean, I again referring to the last two games against Clemson, North Carolina, where they really struggled. He only had one catch and and those two games combined. Um, I, maybe that's a guy who, if you can really shut down, is maybe the biggest key in the passing game to to limiting them outside of just you know giving Trader Hill. Dude, if I if I'm attacking FSU kind of based on what I saw against Virginia Tech, and I thought it was a very good defensive performance, what I would do, I'd probably run like triple option concepts with Garrett Schrader, and then my third option would be like a running back swing route and force the Florida State defensive backs. I'd put some big bodies on the outside, like Virginia Tech did, and I would force our DBs to fight through blocks. If not, there was a lot of free four and five yard pickups. And if you're getting four and five yards every time, you're not taking the top off, but man, your success rate, you're putting drives together, and then maybe you can string together a bomb uh, to that six six Damian Alford. So if I'm Florida State, I like I like the how it's been more of an attacking style over the past couple weeks. Take advantage of this defensive line. Get the negatives. Put Syracuse in some second and fourteen, some third and eleven, some instances where they are going to have to beat you vertically in the 10 to 20 yard range to convert these to convert these like into first downs. I think that negative plays. And if you give up an explosive or two, that's fine. I think that this is a game where I'd really like to focus specifically, Dane, you said with the interior pressure, wreak havoc, get negative plays, take a not very good offense and throw it right off track, man. What you don't want to be doing is giving up three on first four on second. And then, (laughs) I don't know, give up two on third. And then once again, Florida State, I feel like we're, I don't have the numbers to back it up, but God, I feel like we see an inordinate number of fourth downs this year and they're always going for it. It just, it feels like we get, we can get teams to fourth, but it's always like fourth and one and fourth and two. I want to see negative plays. I want to take them out of where they don't feel comfortable in four down territory. So with all that being said, I'll go first because people value my opinion the least. I think that it will be close-ish for a little bit. Syracuse is going to come out with a lot of energy, I think. They are going to come out with a lot of fire. They're playing against a top-five team in the country. I think that it will be close for maybe about the first quarter. I could see the first quarter being like 13-7, to 13-10 FSU. I do think eventually – the waves and waves of dudes that Florida state is going to be able to throw at them on the defensive line. I do think the negative plays are going to come. I do think with or without Johnny Wilson, I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be a great performance for Jordan Travis, which would be maybe kind of seem counterintuitive with all the pressure he's going to face. I think he's going to thrive on it because I think his computation clock is going to click up. I think he's going to recognize the blitz is fine. And I think he's going to find the open guy. And I think he's going to, he's going to be under duress because everybody has that's played Syracuse, but I think he's going to find himself some open, easy throws. And I think he's going to stripe it and put it on him. I predict a big day from Jordan Travis, a big day from Jaheim bell and a big day from everybody's saying Destin Hill, but I'm going to go Ja'Kai Douglas, big day from Ja'Kai Douglas. That's my prediction. I think 38 to 13 comfortable win. Nice. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it'll be a, a nice test for Jordan too. And I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna uh, test well, I guess. And, um, Gonna pass. Uh, you didn't mention him, but, um, I mean, especially if, if 
Johnny Wilson's availability is. Oh yeah. Him. Like I-, I could see this being a big time Keon Coleman game for sure. as being like a bona fide dude on the outside, um, especially against, I mean, good corners, but like a five ten Jeremiah Wilson, you know, maybe that's something you can try to take advantage of. And, and then, yeah, like a Ja'Kai Douglas, Dustin Hill, guys that can get separation, uh, twitchier slot guys in the quick game, big time for sure. Um, honestly, I was going to say 38-13 too, but I'm going to come up with something new now. Uh, <laughs> I like this me, on the fly. <laughs> give me – I'll go 38 to – I'll go 38 to – 15. 15. That's a Getting weird crazy one. I like that. Okay. Maybe a touchdown and a two point conversion. Something weird. Yeah. I don't know what math or what score you would need for that to make sense. How about this? How about they get oh Syracuse God. gets four safeties and a touchdown? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. we're, getting, we're getting wild. Hopefully here, not that. Damn, I'm but, with you. No, yeah. that'd be a, that'd be. I mean, we'd still beat them by twenty something. But that'd be, be a pretty alarming game. offensive. But, performance. I think so. I'm with you. Know what'd be cool too? You talked about guys in the slot. Keon Coleman out of the slot. I think that'd sure. be fun. Missouri uses burden in that way. I think in a lot of the NFL, man, a lot of the premier wide receivers in the league are slot guys. I know we play them there. I, this could be one where I, I'm interested to see what old Dirty Mike and the boys dial up. But you and I both think, Dane, we want Florida State to go 6-0. and We are selfish. We want to go 6-0. and The listeners of Noel Dianemy and the Noles 24-7 subscribers are always undefeated, and we love you guys. Stick with Noles247.com for all the recruiting news, the instant reaction after the fact, all of the -the on-the-bench guys, that deep, hard-hitting analysis that you crave so much. That's coming to stay on the website. Piss off your wife, piss off your friends, piss off your family. Have your phone open at all times to Knowles247.com because you don't know when the next Dane's droppings is going to hit and blow you away. You don't know. But what I do know is we love you guys and go Knowles. We'll see you this weekend. Keep chopping.